Good morning, everyone. Were you doing okay this morning? It's good to see everyone. It's good to be back here today. Um, Like Elle and Calvin said, my name is Michael. I'm the youth director here at the church, and it's my honor, it's my pleasure to be here to finish off this series, All My Attention, for us this morning. Uh, This weekend, Pastor Brent and Pastor Nicole are away at a church leaders conference, and so we're happy that they are able to just receive something and bring that back. Uh, But Pastor Brent will be back next week, but he's asked me to step in just to finish off our series, All My Attention. Now, we have been talking through uh, different things about just looking at our own lives, taking inventory of the different things that we have to give in our life and how everyone worships. All of humanity, we worship. We were born to worship. Now, it's up to us to decide what or who we're going to worship. God desires, of course, that we would worship him, that we would give our lives to him, but we can dedicate our worship to anything. And we can give our time, we can give our energy, we can give our thoughts, we can give our words to things that don't really matter. So it's important for us throughout the series, Pastor Brent has been leading us, has been challenging us to think about and be intentional about where the things that we have are going, where we are directing our attention in our lives. Now, as we finish off this series uh, this morning, I want to title this message, Time to Remember. Time to Remember. If you're taking notes, you can write that as a title. Now, obviously, I want to talk about time. I want to talk about how our time can be used as worship. We all have time. We all have the same amount of time. But how is your time being used? And then alongside that, I want to talk about the act of remembrance and how those two relate to each other. But before we get into it, I want to just pray. God, I thank you for this morning. God, I pray that uh, you would just continue to make us aware of your presence. God, we acknowledge that you are here You have been here from the start, God. Your presence is is in this place, God. And I pray that whatever is said here, that you would just use it, you would multiply it, and you would help other people see you more clearly and move them closer to who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I don't know about any of you, but for me personally, this is kind of a weakness of mine. I have a really bad memory. I have a bad memory. I have to write everything down. If I don't write something down, I will forget it. Even something like this that I'm saying right now, I've written it over and over and over again. I have to write things down. If I don't write it down, I will forget. I forget people's names when I meet them, which is really bad. Um, Working in youth ministry, you have to remember people's names. Um, So I write down their names or else I'm going to forget. If someone at work gives me tasks, I have to write it down and some people that work with me can vouch. If I don't write it down, I won't do it. Um, and so I love to read as well. I love to read fiction and nonfiction, uh, nonfiction especially, but there's so much information in a nonfiction book that if I don't write any of it down myself, I'm going to forget it. And that's kind of the part about reading nonfiction books that I don't like. If I, I can read a whole book and I can think, wow, that was really interesting. And then I walk away from it having learned nothing because I've forgotten all of it. Um, So what I've started to do is after every chapter, I write down a summary. And so I can review that later. And that helps me remember. And some books do this for you. But I, I figured out that like, for me, I get overwhelmed very easily by a lot of information. Information can very easily overwhelm me. And I think that if I collect too much information, um, I will forget it. And part of that reason I think is because I, I feel like there's not enough time. I get stressed out. 
I get freaked out, and this is probably not necessary, but this is just how I am. I get stressed out, and I think there's not enough time for me to deal with all of this. There's not enough time for me to do all of these tasks. There's not enough time for me to remember all this information, to apply all of these insights. I feel like there's not enough time, and so maybe subconsciously my mind just throws it out and just forgets about it. But it's an issue with time that I have when it concerns my memory. And I think for all of us, any season of life that we've come to, have you ever thought, think about this for yourself, have you ever thought there's too much to do, but there's not enough time? There's too much to do and not enough time. We're talking about attention and what we can give our attention to. And when we think about our lives and we think about your life and the family that you have, the responsibilities that you have, no doubt you have a lot of different areas in your life that are demanding your attention. Our attention is being pulled in multiple different directions. Our attention is being demanded by many different people in many different areas. And when, it, when that happens, our attention can be spread thin. And when our attention is spread thin, it's easy for us to think, there's not enough time. There's not enough time for me to deal with all of these things, to think about all of these things. And how do we respond to that? When we feel like there's not enough time, some of us might be driven to play a bit of catch up. We wanna catch up, we wanna put in more hours, we wanna work harder, we wanna do more, we wanna stay longer so that we can catch up. Maybe if we catch up, then we'll catch a break. But you all know what happens when you finally do catch up to something, to that thing that has been taking longer than you thought it would take you. Once you finally do catch up, what happens? Another thing shows up. Once one project ends, another one starts. Once one kid goes to sleep, another one wakes up. With every invitation comes another interruption. There's always something more. There's always more. And so the cycle repeats itself. I'm just gonna add more, I'm just gonna do more, I'm just gonna fit more, squeeze more into my day, into my week, hoping that I can create some time. This is what we try and do, we create time, thinking that if we work harder, we can catch up, we can make up for lost time, but you can't create time. You know this, you can't create time, time can only be spent. And in that sense, time is kind of like money. If you don't watch where it's going, it'll be gone like that. That's why it's so important to budget your money. If you don't budget your money, your money isn't gonna automatically freeze. Your money's gonna be spent, you're gonna spend it. But if you don't know where it's going, it'll be gone quicker than you thought it would be. And the same is true with time. We have to budget for our time, we have to think about, we have to be intentional about where our time is going. And I don't know if you found this to be true, but when I'm shopping, when I'm going to the grocery store or Shoppers Drug Mart is the worst for this. I always spend more than I thought I would spend. Even if I have a budget, even if I say I'm gonna spend X amount of dollars at this place, I always walk out with double the amount somehow. I don't know what happens, but it, things cost more than I think they do, even though I know better, even though you know better. The same is true for time. Things take longer than we think they do. We are generally bad predictors of time. Things usually take longer than we think they are going to take. Um, in behavioral science, there's this idea called the planning fallacy, the planning fallacy. Basically, it says that we are bad predictors of time. And basically, the idea with that is that we underestimate how much time something is gonna take to complete. And at the same time, we overestimate our abilities concerning that thing. 
So we think something's gonna take a certain amount of time, but when we're in it, we realize, oh, I actually need more time. I need more time for this, or I need more resources for this. And so what do we feel? We feel stuck. We feel like there's some tension there. We feel like we're in trouble because we committed to this thing, we committed to a certain amount of resources, a certain amount of time, but we have realized in the middle of it that we need more and there's not enough time. And so we work harder. We try to get out of that by, by working harder, by fitting more in. But if we wanna get out of that, we have to accept two things. We have to accept that time is fixed. Time doesn't change. We have the same amount of time every day, same amount of days every week. And that's how it is. We have to accept that. And then number two, we have to accept that humanity is insufficient. We are not enough on our own. We need others. We need God as the source of our life. Have you ever, have you ever said to someone or have you, someone has ever said to you, just give me five more minutes. Have you ever heard this? I've said it like three times this week. What happens after five minutes? Yeah, nothing happens because they're still doing what they said they were gonna stop doing after five minutes because it takes longer than five minutes. Things always take longer than we predict them to do. And we know better. I know better, you know better. You know that phone call is gonna take longer than five minutes. You know that meeting's gonna take longer than 30 minutes. You know that project's gonna take longer than a week, but we are bad predictors of time. And so we have to be intentional. We have to consider where our time is going because if we're not intentional, if we're not careful, then we will overwork ourselves in a way to get out of that. And the result for all of us is the same. The result is restlessness. We end up feeling restless. Have you ever felt restless? Have you felt restless this week? So the question for us today, the question I wanna ask you, the question you should ask yourselves is this, how do we find rest in a restless world? And how do we protect our soul along the way? That's something for us to consider because we do live in a restless world, but you don't have to live a restless life, even though it's easier. It is easier to live a restless life. But the answer to this question, obviously, is not to do more, but it is in part to do less while focusing our attention on God by directing or maybe redirecting our attention to the one who made us, to the one who created us. Now, thankfully, God initiated a rhythm of rest and work when he created everything, when he created the universe. So I want to go back to the beginning right now. I want us to go to Genesis. We're going to go to Genesis um, chapter one. And Genesis is kind of like God's creation the way that God created the world. And we're gonna skip a few verses, but the first five days, God creates everything. God creates the world, God creates land and water, and God creates things on the earth. But we see here um, on the sixth day, if we go to Genesis chapter one, verse 27, it says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So we see that God creates people on the sixth day. We know a week to be seven days. The first five days, God creates a whole bunch of stuff. But the sixth day, God creates people. He creates other things as well. But he ends it off by creating us, by creating people. 
Now we know a week to be seven days, so what does God do on the seventh day? You probably know this, but in Genesis chapter two, a few verses later, it says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Sixth day, God creates humans. Seventh day, God chooses to rest. Now think about this. Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. Their first full day of being human was God's day of rest. We know that first impressions matter. They say that you make up your mind about someone within the first second of meeting them. Adam and Eve's first impression of life itself was rest. My creator is resting. And Adam and Eve, they didn't have to rest because they worked hard. They haven't done anything yet. God tells them to go and do stuff later. But very first, first off, God shows as an example that he's going to rest. If anyone doesn't need to rest, it's God. But he chose to do so anyway. He chose to do so as an example. And so the first impression of life is rest. And we should take a cue from that. We should pay attention to that. I think for us, that should tell us that God doesn't treat rest as an afterthought like we might. We might consider rest to be an afterthought. Like if I work really hard, then I deserve some rest. Some of us don't even think that. But we rest because we work hard. But God says, no, you should rest so that you can work hard. The rest comes first. To God, rest is a priority. It's so important to God that he gave it to Moses to be one of the Ten Commandments. And we are sort of familiar with the Ten Commandments, maybe not so. Some of them are very obvious to us. Some of the Ten Commandments we see as morally binding, like do not murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery. Like, of course not. We weren't going to do that. But we forget the fourth commandment, which is to remember the Sabbath. And it says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. This is the only commandment to begin with the word remember, but it's the one that's most easily forgotten. So the challenge for us today is to remember the Sabbath. How do we remember the Sabbath? We remember the Sabbath by practicing. And it says here to keep it holy. God made it holy, and it's up to us to keep it holy. We can forget about it, which I think we have for the most part, but it's up to us to re-remember it, to remember it and to practice it. We can't make something holy, but to, to be holy is to be set apart. And God created this day of rest to be set apart. So are we going to keep it holy? Are we going to maintain the Sabbath? Or are we going to forget about it and live with the sea of work that we live in? Now, I want to fast forward to the time of Jesus. This was the creation story. I want to fast forward to Jesus. Jesus, there were a few times in the New Testament where we see Jesus walk with his disciples or maybe alone. And there's a few instances where a story will begin and it says Jesus was walking and it was a Sabbath day. Now, whenever you read that, whenever you read Jesus and Sabbath in the New Testament, you know that something bad is going to happen. Jesus is going to do something that he's not supposed to do. Because the Pharisees, the Pharisees took this commandment very seriously. 
we don't really take it seriously. But the Pharisees took the commandment to remember the Sabbath very seriously. So seriously that they added to it. We're not supposed to do this. We're not supposed to add to the word of God. But the Pharisees took it to its most extreme. And so Jesus, we see Jesus here walking on a Sabbath day. And he's doing some things that he knows will catch the Pharisees' attention. So let's read this in Mark chapter 2. It says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? So for the Pharisees, they determined that picking heads of grain was against the law of the Sabbath. And so they were watching for this. And Jesus knew this would happen. Jesus did this on purpose. But he led his disciples toward um, picking these grains And the Pharisees called him out and said, look, now we got him. We're going to trap Jesus because we caught him working on the Sabbath. These are their rules that they have created. And he goes on. Jesus answers them. Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Jesus here is is reminding the Pharisees of something that they would be familiar with. The Pharisees loved David. And so Jesus is reminding them, don't you remember? David did something like this. David technically broke the law, but his high priest forgave him. His high priest had mercy on him. His high priest showed freedom instead of legalism. So Jesus here is, is challenging the perspective of the Pharisees to say, maybe You're not supposed to make up these rules. Maybe you're adding to what God has already made. He's challenging their perspective on the Sabbath. And he ends with this. This is the best part. He says in verse 27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus is saying here, you were not created to maintain Sabbath rules. You weren't created to add to these things. To create your own mode of legalism. No, the Sabbath was initiated by your creator for you. As a gift to you. The Sabbath is supposed to be a gift to you. But you have taken it. And you have added to it. And you have put your own religious traditions and and legalism on it. And you have taken the life completely out of it. But the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was meant to give us life. Not to take it away. As people, we love to lean to the extreme. The Pharisees lean towards this extreme. I would argue we lean towards the other extreme. We're not legalistic about the Sabbath. We have forgotten the Sabbath completely. We don't want to rest. We want to keep going. We don't want to stop. We want to keep going. But to to Sabbath means to stop. It means to cease working. It means to stop doing all things. And so... We have to pay attention, I think, to the way God created the world, to the way God made creation. We know a week to be seven days. I think we should pay attention that God said, work for six, rest for one, and really rest for one, as in stop working for one so that you can focus on me, so that you can remember me. That seven-day cycle of our week, it really matters. It matters. And It's been challenged before, this seven-day week. It's been challenged before. I think France in the 1700s, they they attempted to, and they did this. They made a 10-day week. 
they changed the calendar completely. They changed their clocks. They changed the year. They changed everything. They made a 10-day week because they wanted to increase productivity. They wanted to get more stuff done. And logically, that makes sense. If you work more, you'll get more done, right? That's not the case. As you can probably predict, it didn't last very long. In fact, production dropped dramatically. Suicide rates increased. It did not go well. It immediately backfired on them. And I think for them, they should have clued in, we should clue in, that maybe God knew what he was doing when he created the world. Maybe God knows what he's doing. Maybe God knows better than us. But we can be tempted to think that we know better than God. But it's not true. God created everything, so we should pay attention to how he created the world, how he created life, how he created us. God is the God of everything. God is the God of eternity. But eternity is too big of a concept for us to grasp. Eternity is too much for our minds to handle. It's too overwhelming. So God created time. God created a seven-day week. God created time to contrast eternity. God created time to contain eternity so that we wouldn't be overwhelmed. So we shouldn't ignore it. We should pay attention to it. I have these visuals up here for this reason. Have you ever walked into um, a perfume store? Have you ever walked into a perfume store or the perfume section of a department store? Um, and what happens when you do walk in? You're just overwhelmed with scents. You just smell all of, all of the things, all of the scents. In any perfume store um, or in any section of a store, there will also be a cup of coffee beans. And the purpose of these coffee beans are to create sort of a palate cleanser. So if you're testing perfumes, you can smell the coffee beans and then smell another scent of the perfume so that you can focus on one scent. Because otherwise, you'll be overwhelmed. Otherwise, you'll just smell everything. And it won't be. It, it'll just overwhelm you. So in the same way, God created time so that we wouldn't be overwhelmed. God created a seven-day week. God initiated a day of rest so that we wouldn't be overwhelmed by time, so that we wouldn't be overwhelmed by all of the things that we have to do, but we have to pay attention to it. We have to remember the Sabbath. Now, I have three um, steps for you to take when it comes to practicing the Sabbath during your, during your week. Now, we want to avoid legalism, but we want to embrace freedom. We want to avoid legalism, but we want to embrace freedom. We don't need to go by the Pharisees' rules. God created a day of rest. He initiated a day of rest for us, and it's up to us to think about how we're going to do that. Now, the first step is to prepare. Number one is prepare. When I say prepare, I mean think about when you and your family are going to take a Sabbath. When are you and your family going to take a Sabbath day? A day to rest. Ruth and I, my wife, we are trying to do this in our family. We're trying to set up this practice, and it's difficult to do that regularly. But we have prepared to do it on Saturday. A lot of people do it on Sunday. We do it on Saturday because that just works better for us. But prepare in advance. When are you going to take Sabbath? When are you going to be intentional about doing that, about taking time to rest and remember who God is. Some of you, some of you work Saturday, so that wouldn't work. So you got to figure out what works for you, your life, and your family. The second step is to practice. To practice. Practice 
means to keep doing it. Like Ruth and I, we keep doing it. Every week we try. We try. Things come up. Sometimes my tire is flat and I got to go fix it. Sometimes Ruth and I get into an argument and it's not good. You know, these things happen. Life happens. But you got to practice. You got to keep going. Keep trying. Because the purpose of it is to remember who God is to us. And the third and final thing is to pray. And we should always be praying. We should pray every day. But this is a reminder for us that Sabbath is not meant for, for us to just have a day off. It's meant for us to remember who our God is. To remember who created us. So pray at the beginning of the day. Pray at the end of the day. Pray in the middle of the day. Pray whenever you want. But make sure you pray. And keep God at the center of it. And if you try to do this, if you just attempt to practice the Sabbath during your week, I think you'll find fresh life throughout the rest of your week. You see, when it comes to life, it's easy to go. It's easy to keep going. It's easy to keep moving. It's hard to stop. And to Sabbath means to stop. So my main point for today, for this morning, is before we do, we must remember Before we do, we must remember. Before you do anything in your life, before you move, before you work, before you do anything, we must remember. Remember what? Remember the Sabbath. Remembering the Sabbath means to remember God. It's not about us, it's about Him. And if you do this, if you take on this challenge, it will be hard, but you'll find that you'll you'll be refreshed. You will be renewed. Your spirit will be refreshed and renewed. And you will be able to tackle the other six days so much better. Before we do, we must remember. And as we remember, I believe our attention will be redirected to the one who matters. Our attention is demanded by so many different things. By the things going wrong in your home, at your job. But if we take time to rest and to remember. If we take time and we remember to rest, and we rest to remember, then our, our perspective will shift. Our direction will be redirected towards the one who made us, the one who made everything. And because of that, I believe we will find peace for our souls. We will find rest in a restless week, in a restless world. So let's take on this challenge together this week and remember the Sabbath. Now, if anyone here is kind of feeling like you're, you're a little bit far from God, you're a little bit unsure about what God has to say to you, what God wants for you in your life, I want to pray in a moment to invite God in to our lives and specifically into your life so that you can either begin a journey of faith with Him or you can get back on the road with Him and restart your journey of faith with Him. So if everyone could please close their eyes, bow their heads. We're going to pray together. God, I thank you for this time right now. I thank you for this moment, Lord. I pray that you would help us to consider our relationship with you right now. For any of us who are far from you, God, I pray that you would help us to connect with you. Help us move closer to you, Jesus. I pray for anyone who might be thinking about taking a step forward with you, God taking a step forward on the road with you. I pray that you would give them the courage, give them the grace to take that step. I pray for anyone who is far from you, that you would be able to speak to them right now in this moment, God. That you would be able to reawaken something in their hearts, in their spirits, God. I pray that they would accept your message, accept your gospel, accept the gift that you have given us. You came to earth as a human, as God, 
to die for our sins and to be raised to life again. And God, we choose to trust in you right now. We choose to believe in you. And God, you created us, you created the world. You created time for us to rest and to remember who you are, God. And I pray that we can do that right now. I pray that as we sing this song in a moment, that you would help us practice the act of remembrance. That you would help us to practice in these few minutes, in these few moments, to remember who you are to us, to remember who you are to life itself. And that would carry forward during our week so that we wouldn't just leave it here, but that throughout our week, we would remember who you are and we would be renewed every day. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.